the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Of course, as I was saying, I'm joined always with my co-host, Stephen Ebert, a partner at the prestigious firm of Kasson & Kasson. And, of course, they specialize in real estate. And as I always tell you, anything real estate, you need to use a real estate attorney. Um, Please tune into the show live on Saturdays at 970. This week we have two special guests. At 11 o'clock, we will be joined by Lois Weiss, who is known as the voice of real estate, and she's a columnist for the New York Post. She's fantastic. She's been on the show, and she's somebody that I resort to whenever I need info on commercial. And then at 11.30, we will be joined again by Charles Peterson. I asked him to come on. He's one of the world's leading experts and the author of Wood Flooring, A Complete Guide. Uh, to knowing about it, and uh, he was on about a week ago, and we didn't get asked him to finish. Um, also, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TarryHarmon.com. So, Stephen, how are you doing? You busy with the kids and everything? And the ho- are they off from school yet? Well, you know, the, the semester just finished for the kids. Um, you know, they had all their midterms and, and, and final papers and so forth, and now they're able to uh, take a nice break um, and finish out the calendar year. So, you know, it's a good time. Um, you know, I know it, it's tough for a lot of po- folks weather-wise. It's sort of all over the place. I know it's heavy rains in the southwest, not quite snow yet uh, up in New England and upstate New York. Um, so there are other things to see, like, you know, the streets of New York City with all the museums and displays. It doesn't matter if it's sunny, raining, or snowing. Uh, they're up and running. So it's a great place to be. And I just have to give you, uh, you you know, what you do, a compliment. Not only that you're one of the best real estate attorneys I know, Stephen has two young children, and his wife is a pediatrician. So that's a busy, busy family. And I want to wish you happy holidays and also thank you for being part of this because you really make a big difference. And I know how busy you are. So yeah. I do want to thank say you that. so much, Dottie. And you know, it, it's great during the, uh, you know, holiday season again. You know, it, it's wonderful to, you know, reconnect with people, people you haven't had a chance to, uh, you know, speak with sometimes. And it's always interesting because, you have all the last-minute folks um, who realize, oh my goodness, I need to th- get things done before the year ends. So I know. you know, we got you got one more week. One you, you more got, week. You got four business days down. left. <laughs> I know, 
And I'm battling uh, the end of pneumonia, so I'm trying to hang in there and run around. I'm having um, the eve at my house. Um, we celebrate every religion because uh, everybody's everything in my family. But I want to go back to just because I think for fun, and sometimes I think we get too politically correct, I just want to give you a little um, something that would even surprise Santa himself. So did you know that Santa Claus has his own Canadian postal code, which I had never known? The best Christmas traditions are all of the ones we've been doing for decades or even centuries, like decorating Christmas trees, kissing under the mistletoe, sipping your favorite eggnog by a warm, cozy fire. But have you ever stopped to wonder where these customs came from and how they got started? For example, did you know that the tradition of Christmas trees began? It started way back in the 16th century. Why, you know, that we were really hanging stockings by the ch- chimney with care. And um, those letters that we that the kids write to Santa always go un- unanswered in Canada. But the postal code in Canada, if you're writing to Santa Claus, says, ho, ho, wait, ho, H-O-H, ho, ho. And um, Jingle Bells, which is a song everyone kind of sings, was originally a Thanksgiving song. It was written uh, in 1857 for his a church and Thanksgiving concert. However, over the years, it became more closely associated with Christmas. So now you know that Jingle Bells, which is was originally a Thanksgiving song, and of course, if you can get into the city and go to Rockville Center, which obviously is a great tradition, uh, the first Rockville Center Christmas tree was actually small. I don't know how, how big do you think it is, Steve. I can't even figure it out. It's- the, the, the trees now, if I had to guess, and I'm completely guessing, I mean, it looks like it's 50 feet tall, 60 feet tall, but prob- maybe even taller. Um, but I would say something at, at least that side. I mean, you know, on, honestly, you stand there, it looks like 100 feet tall. Um, it does. But, you know, but it, originally, it's, it's so hard it's to tell not- with the stake and everything. Yeah, originally it's telling you, it's saying that the first Rockville Center Christmas tree, it was actually very small, and it was undecorated, and it was that was in 1931. That's how far back. That was the first tree there. Wow. These days, the, the tree is famous. I mean, and I we're in the city, and when I tell you the city is busy, it's busy. It's jammed. There's people all over the place. Um, and now the tree, the tree features 50,000 multicolor LED lights. That is equivalent to nearly five miles of lights. Okay? The night before Christmas was really a poem. It, it was a visit from St. Uh, Nicholas. It was, it was a poem, and then they made it into a song. And Jingle Bells on December 16, 1965, the classic Christmas song was broadcast during uh, NASA's Gemini 6A space flight, according to the Guinness World of Records. And uh, this Christmas tree did start with Germany. So there's a lot of tradition to Christmas, and I think Christmas is kind of, you know, I mean, there's a religious end of it, but I think, I can't see, I think all the kids and everybody loves Christmas, and I fear, as I said, Weather is kind of cold, but if you don't mind the cold, it is beautiful to come into the city. Everything is lit up. It's just kind of a wonderment. 
Well, I, I think the cold weather gives you a good excuse to put on a nice warm pair of gloves and a, and a nice hat that you've had sitting gathering dust in the back of the closet during the summer. <laughs> and you know it, 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 it. And I'll tell you, there's something also nice, warm, and, and snuggly. I mean, personally, I love seeing the store displays. Um, guess they're beautiful. What they do. I mean, they're so artistic. They're so thoughtful. You see the you know the theme, and it's. Really, really cool. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you look at, like, a kid's face walking by who really hasn't seen anything like that before, and you really see, like, their jaw drop, and, and it's great, you know, for You're them right. to see something you know, so amazing. One year I was, I happened to be in Florida for Christmas time, and I was like, these palm trees are not cutting it. Sorry. There's no place <laughs> like New York City during Christmas. And by the I mean, way, you if you... They're going to drop white paper mache of snow down from the palm trees. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> got it. I don't... Nothing <laughs> got it. Um, and by the way, I'm not going to go through them, but just, if you know, if your family's home, the kids are home from school, and it's a bad day and you don't want to go out, there's a million wonderful classic holiday movies on TV that are great to watch and that are timeless. And New York City... New York City Home sales a show that market is doing pretty well. I mean, it's you know we've had nationally, just so everyone knows, it's been a slower real estate. When I say slower, prices haven't really come down, but transactions have. And you know we can you know when you read reports, you know everyone has different things. But my feeling is it's not so much the interest rates; it's more about there was there's no inventory. Um, but um, that that in New York City, the the seven the top seven most expensive sales in the city this year to date were on Billionaires Row, which is a stretch of 57th Street directly below Central Park in Midtown Manhattan. And all of them, except for a townhouse on East 71st Street, uh, were luxury condos, and uh, they are just selling like crazy. Uh, co-ops have been on the decline because there's a lot of rules and you have to have a lot of more cash. But I don't know about you, Steve, but I have a feeling that the co-op boards are going to start to ease up a bit. What do you think? Well, I think right. I think that's definitely on the agenda. I mean, there's always a fine balance, and I think it's supply and demand. And a smart co-op board can be stricter when you know there's only a couple of apartments on the market. But if all of a sudden you see inventory build up, or if you see it's affecting prices, then all of a sudden it makes sense to loosen it a little bit. And there is a little bit of a catch-22, but you know my belief in the corporate law is that it's the board is supposed to provide value for the building. And right. if you make it too difficult and say, we're only an all-cash building, or we're only going to require such deep income and assets you are cutting down the supply of buyers. Now, maybe for a couple of buildings here and there, they're so exclusive that that can work. But for most buildings, you don't want to, quote-unquote, overplay your hand uh, as a co-op board and then all of a sudden just have apartments set on the market and all of a sudden you decrease values. And so you got to be very, very careful and sort of strike that magic middle uh, of really having qualified buyers but also making sure that you're not setting the bar too high given the apartments that's being sold. And I've seen boards get that wrong, 
and I've seen apartments sit, and then buildings get a reputation for being a, quote, that's a difficult building. I don't know if I want to take my clients there. Right, right. So you don't want to do that. Um, But let let me just say this. This is a radio show, so I don't want to go on and on and on. And if you ever want more information, Stephen and I always have it. We'll send it to you. Just leave your email. Um, But out of the top sales this year, I mean, I'll just give you the last, you know, that were the top, you know, from $55 million. The the top highest were... uh, Seventy-five million at two hundred and twenty Central Park, Park South, which was apartment forty-five, and um, it was de- designed by Robert Stern. The and it was an anonymous buyer at, of this unit reportedly spent an additional five million on a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment on the nineteenth floor of the building earlier in the year, and the apartment is five bedrooms, six baths, and two and a half. Six baths and two and a half baths also has two balconies overlooking Central Park. And also in the same building, 220 Central Park South, which I'm starting to think is probably the most expensive building. Um, well, I was just gonna, you know, Daddy, I was just going to say that 220 Central Park South really has a reputation sort of all on its own. Um, it, it is one of those marquee addresses. Um, that people really have a special, unique demand for. And so that's a building where there really is a premium on the building, and it's really an architectural gem, uh, I would say. You know, Robert Stern, as you mentioned, is one of, I would say, the greatest architects. And for $80 I mean, so, you know, know, in the city you can just see everyone's hustling, so... um, it's it's just a, I don't know it's just a great it's uh, it's a great it's a great time, but there was a lot of headlines and so I'll just take a break from Christmas and the holidays and I know we're supposed to say the holidays that's politically correct so I'll try to be politically correct, but sometimes I think we take it overboard. Um, I know in the post um, in the post on the Cindy Adams she said Santa Claus came from the Dutch name. Sinterklaas and um, poinsettias were naive, native to the South Mexico and Aztecs, and then they came here. So there's a lot of traditions, and a lot of people celebrate it different. And even if it's not a religious thing, it's just a lot of fun. It's wonderful. And as I said, if you can and your kids are off, get into the city. But there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of news this week. So I'm going to touch on it. We don't have a whole lot of time to really get into it, but anything you want to know, you can e- email us, or you can get our past ex- you know episodes always on on you know on the radio. You can get any any past episodes we have. So I, I always want you to know that. Anyhow, did we have a big day in the stock market, Stephen? Well, the stock markets actually had a really nice run. Um, and that's been really helpful. And I think there's a couple of key trends that are coming that will really make for a strong real estate market. Um, number one, um, the stock market has uh, had a nice run this year. And when people see their accounts get bigger, they feel more comfortable about a down payment. You put that in with the fact that the Fed 
has intimated that there'll be some rate cuts next year. Now we'll yes. see if it happens, but they've said they've intimated that that's going to happen. You know, uh, so fingers crossed. I'm optimistic, but you know, seeing's believing. Let me wait till I see the headline where they actually cut the rates. Um, but if you put that together, those are two very positive trends. Um, you know, inflation numbers are you know just under three percent, um, which, which is a nice solid number. Now, I want to be clear: when people talk about the rate of inflation going down, that doesn't mean prices go down. That just means the rate in which they're going up has slowed down. So, the Federal Reserve likes to see inflation around two percent. Right. Um, so, right now we're a hair's breadth under three. So we're we're getting towards the target. And, and Dottie, you know, sometimes pe- people say, oh, inflation is always bad. You want to have a little bit of inflation, right? You don't want to ever have deflation. You know, for people who are interested in this, take a look at what happened in Japan. They really had a decade plus of stagnation because of, of deflation because if people think prices are going to go down tomorrow, then they hold off on business transactions, which cause a little bit of a business slowdown cycle. And right. it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's literally like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. You want to get it just right. Not too hot, not too cold, just right. So you just want to have a little, but just a little. Well, I, I, um, I found some interesting things that if you're at a party and you want to sound like you really kind of know everything or you know what you're talking about, uh, the population nationally grew 0.5% this year, but, okay, the South, guess what rose the most? The South. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Okay, South Carolina, well, well, actually, Florida, you know, I, it's interesting. I read this article in two or three different papers, and they had them... They had the same winner people that you know the same states that grew, but they had them in a different order. So uh, I'm giving you based on I think the Wall Street Journal, but a different paper had them same states but a little different. But um, they have um, Florida at uh, growing about 194,000 people, about 1.64 percent. They have South Carolina. Um, that was one of the top states people fled to, Texas, with 187,000. And um, North Carolina and Idaho, okay? And um, then on the decline, they had West Virginia, which was 0.22%. I mean, Illinois, Hawaii, Louisiana, and they had New York, Uh and the slow growth combined with elevated, uh, you know, the snow, it was a slow growth. But I was reading, and there's an article, which I have somewhere, I read it, but it was talking about people that, you know, a lot of rich people left New York. And they said not because they don't want to be there, because they get bored and they love New York. It says the numbers of millionaires uh, grew. It was in, um, I think, Times. Um but others flee. But it said they flew, the rich. But they didn't flow because they they didn't flee because they wanted to leave. They were threatened by a budget cuts that said they were going to cut, like the policemen and and some of the services, the sanitation. And I don't believe they're going to do that. But I think at some point they well, were threatening. 
Well, Daddy, what? you know, I, I'm gonna. So, first of all, putting aside West Virginia um, for a second, I think the, the states that are losing population are states that have high taxes, yes, high government spending, high regulation, and the states that are seeing the population increase have low, or in some cases, no income tax, lower taxes, um, and, and you know, a strong, vibrant economy. Um, and, you know, so I, I, I do think in the case of New York, I, I think a lot of this is self-inflicted. And, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, look, there is a, and, you know, and I don't know why she's doing this, but, you know, Governor Hochul decided to have a commission on reparations for slavery. gets decided this week. Well, you know, not focusing on real estate, not the politics, but why are we when we're dealing with so many economic issues, even having this as a discussion, let alone, you know, New York was not really a slave state and outlawed slavery over 200 years ago. Uh, I mean, it's, and then what happens is people see this and they say, wait a minute, you know, we have, we are having cuts. New York City, unfortunately, is making cuts across the board, including in policing. They're, they're skipping a, a police cadet class, right? And so when you send signals like that, you know, at a certain point people are frustrated. But I think here is the message, and I think the most important message that you said. The, the New Yorkers that left were re- reluctant leavers. They weren't ones who wanted to they leave. Wanted to. They didn't want to. And they don't want to be where they are. They love New York. And so, I, you know, what I hope is that our elected class get the message. And say, well, wait a minute. What are what are we really doing here? And let's get things back on track. And because I think most of these problems also are solvable. And and look, the other thing I'll tell you, Dottie. You know, I walked by the Roosevelt Hotel, right. and you know, which is right near Grand Central, a couple blocks away. And it's turned from a, a hotel in Midtown, you know, a couple blocks from Grand Central, a couple of blocks from the brand new. J.P. Morgan headquarters being built in Park Avenue, and you know it's turned into a migrant center. And yep. you know what what kind of image are you saying? And what are you saying to regular New Yorkers who are paying high taxes? Um, you know, it's well, you know, I, something I to really consider that because we're all for immigrants. All of our ancestors were immigrants. Okay, sure, but. After the break, I had, you know, I have Governor Pataki on every 9-11 since he led us through 9-11. And I'll tell you what his advice was because I couldn't agree with you more. And again, we're giving you our opinion. Let's talk after the break. Yes, we will. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friends, Rob and Danielle Sabah. This Sabah, family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, is where I've gotten cars, my whole family have gotten cars, my friends have gotten cars, people from all over Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx, they all come to Bay Ridge Honda. You know why everyone I know goes to Bay Ridge Honda? Because Rob Sabah and his team are the best and most trusted in the business. Tis the season to celebrate with Happy Honda Days going on now at Bay Ridge Honda. No payments until March, March of 2020. 
2024 lowest prices of the year selling under msrp this month brand new 2024 hondas in stock and ready for delivery your favorite honda models like the great accord the hrv the crv and more be sure to ask the staff at bay ridge honda about the bay ridge plus package that will have your new or used car covered visit bay ridge honda 4th avenue and 88th street in brooklyn new york or online at bayridgehonda.com the happy honda day sale ends january 2nd 2024 we can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date. And I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Plaza College is proud to announce their Bachelor of Science degree program in nursing has received initial accreditation from the Commission on Collegiate Nursing Education. Plaza's program is accelerated and designed to build on an applicant's prior experience so they can earn the Bachelor of Science in only 16 months. The nursing student's lecture and clinical education is also supplemented by lab work at Plaza College's 5,000-square-foot Center for Healthcare Simulation. The suite of four laboratories features innovative technology that allows students to practice skills development in an educational yet realistic patient care setting. All learning experiences in the nursing program are conducted by skilled nursing educators who have extensive clinical and academic training. Upon graduation, all students are eligible to take the NCLEX exam and apply for registered nurse licensure through the state of New York. The college reports a 90% graduation rate. Plaza College also offers programs for dental hygienists, medical assistants, court reporters, and business degrees. For more information on the program or to inquire about the admissions process, for the nursing program, please visit plazacollege.edu. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Mario Vukic of Hackensack University Medical Center. Intravenous immunoglobulin can be used in those patients who are on immunosuppressive therapy, have primary immunodeficiency, or help prevent severe infection. IVIG is useful in conditions that are a result of an overactive immune system. From a neurologic point of view, it is used in conditions which result in intermittent weakness, numbness, or a combination of both, including CIDP, multifocal motor neuropathy, Guillain-Barre syndrome, dermatomyositis, and polymyositis. Recently, we have seen IVIG used in certain cases of long COVID respond positively to therapy. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Listen to AM970, The Answer, on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays, no matter how far Good morning and welcome back. Saudi and I were talking about, you know, services right before, you know, government services in New York right before the break. Right. And I found the article and it was, if I said the Wall Street Journal, I uh, apologize. It was the New York Times. But it says, 
you know, and then, of course, at the height of the pandemic, when we were in the middle of it, New York was really tough to live in, okay, because you really, they were very strict. They had to be because of the density. So a lot of people, and you couldn't, you had to work from home. So people, you know, a lot of uh, people left, okay. Um, But there's a new report, and this is to your point, though, Stephen, it says now a new report based on the latest census and state filings has found a reversal. The ranks of millionaires have come surging back, while lower and middle class New Yorkers are heading for the exits. And it says the people leaving New York at the fastest rate last year were families making 32000 and sixty to $65,000. And... Um, they form the backbone of many of the essential services that New York has. And uh, white-collar industries could be jeopardized in the city's uneven recovery. So... A hundred percent, Dottie. You know, I, I, look, you know, we were talking about immigration before for a second. You know, three out of four of my grandparents are immigrants. My mother is an immigrant. And, you know, immigration is absolutely critical. But it must, you know, also be done in, in, in a sort of balanced, sustainable way. And I think a, a lot of the you hit the nail on the head. You know, if you make, if you have an income, you have assets on a certain level. To a degree, you can pay a little bit more for things, and it's not going to fundamentally affect your lifestyle. When you're talking about people at the incomes that you mentioned, an extra couple of thousand dollars can make or break actually having a holiday season or not. You know, that, that, that's, that's everything. And, you know, I think when people look at it, how are we allocating our resources, you know, you're looking at schools being used for housing, Floyd Bennett Field, that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And so I'm not surprised that a lot of middle-income and lower-middle-income uh, folks are upset and, and voting with their feet um, because they can get um, economic opportunities that are paying similar amounts and yet have lower taxes and lower costs. And it's something that we really need to take a long look at uh, here in New York. How do we have a city that's affordable for a broad section of society? Um, Because we talk about some of these prices and it's just not affordable to live and have a family if you have certain jobs and and you need the middle class you know and Stephen, you were saying before and again this is coming right from the uh, times um the findings come at a time when the city is preparing to slash the budgets of public services including the police sanitation and schools cuts that could push more working class residents out of the state, okay? And it says that a lot of the people that were wealthy that left during the pandemic, they left high, they didn't always leave to, to, to lower tax states. So I think it's scaring people. So I think the message that we're trying to get is, you know, we love New York City. I live there. We live there. We love it. And um, New York City always comes back. But I think that's really important. And I think Governor Pataki said it when I had him on at 9-11, and he said the city will come back, but it will only come back if it's safe. Okay, and so when people hear they're going to slash the police department and this and that and all these other, they're going to have this less sanitation pickups, 
which they're proposing. They haven't, I don't believe that they've voted on that exactly yet, so we still have time. But it's important that you guys do something and write to your congressmen, write to your, write to your elected officials and, 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 and take a second and write a letter. I really think well, that's really Dottie, important. Here's a great example, and I, and I don't want to veer too far off, but something to guess consider, you know, on the policing and the fire. So, one, what was being proposed is changing the number of firefighters on trucks when they respond to certain emergencies. And then also, you know, again, requiring a lot more paperwork for police officers. That That's also something that's very effective at reducing the number of uniformed officers actually out in the field. And it also changes the impression. Oh, look, we, we, we're trying to house everybody. But I think the mayor said it. We don't have any more room. I mean, every hotel is filled up. So we're doing the best they can. But I really think it's important to have a voice, regardless of what that voice is, whether you agree with this, you don't agree with it, and make a statement. Because everyone says, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. And, and, and Dottie, I know we're coming up to a hard break, so we'll talk more about it right after this commercial. Hey, Joe Piscopo here. If you need a Cadillac, you got to see my good friend Bill Camastro at Gold Coast Cadillac, awarded Cadillac Dealer of the Year 27 times. Bill's team is the gold standard of customer service from start to finish. It's first class all the way. Speaking of service, are you part of the Gold Club yet? Bill takes care of you, your family, your friends with the Gold Coast Cadillac Gold Club. Sign up online at goldcoastcadillac.com for service benefits that you can share with friends and family, even if they didn't buy from Gold Coast. Gold Coast is getting even bigger and better with its brand new service facility expected to be completed by early 2024. Gold Coast Cadillac in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Bill took care of me and he's going to take care of you too. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi, Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Skyrizzy, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Unity Bank is dedicated to community-oriented banking and offers a full range of services, including business and personal accounts, business loans, and mortgages. Unity has locations throughout New Jersey and in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, expanding its footprint to 21 retail locations. Grow your savings with their great CD specials. 
deals. Visit unitybank.com to find out more. Unity Bank is also a great place to work. As Unity Bank President and CEO James Hughes says, the people make Unity Bank a great place to work. We give our employees an opportunity to grow. At Unity Bank, there are no excess layers of bureaucracy as found at Goliath-sized banks. All employees have full access to management with encouragement to make decisions and grow their careers. Visit unitybank.com. That's unitybank.com for current CD and savings specials. They are FDIC insured, an equal opportunity employer, and an equal housing lender. Unity Bank, growing with you. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. It's Christmas time again. And after the hustle and bustle of holiday shopping is over, it's all about family and friends. Enjoying time with loved ones makes the holidays even better. So go ahead, spend time with family. We'll be here to give you breaking news and informed opinions when you get back to reality. And thanks for spending some of your year with us. Merry Christmas. AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. So we're back, and I want to give you some good news, though. Um, as Stephen said earlier in the show, inflation has stabilized. I think it's at three, a little over three, and they wanted it at two. But it's well below last year, uh, but still a little above pre-pandemic levels. And uh, we're hoping for, you know, Federal Reserve cuts and many price interests. We're hoping that that it will cut interest rates, which they've gone down a bit. Um, but as I tell everyone, I'm going to give you this advice. You can't time buying a house. I mean, when you have the down payment and you've got your bank and you're pre-qualified and you know what you can afford, uh, I would not tell you, oh, let me wait till next year. Maybe interest rates will go down. Because if they go down a lot, which, you know, I don't, when we saw those two and a half, three, I, that was like a, an anomaly that I never saw in my lifetime. I think that was a pandemic thing. But when they go down, then you're going to have more competition. So if you're looking to buy something, stick with it because this, the prices really didn't go down, but the competition was less. And so when there's less competition and there's less people looking, especially during the holidays, okay, you'll find that many sellers or, you know, owners are going to be more flexible and they will at least listen to offers and entertain them. If you go back to when we broadcasted the show during the pandemic, there was like 25 offers on everything, and like if you didn't have all cash, they didn't even talk to you. So I'm not saying there's any fire sales going on because I don't see that at all, but the good news is you do have some flexibility in talking uh, and speaking and, and working something that's fair for both parties. Remember, a good deal it's not a deal where you win and somebody loses. A good deal is where both parties win. And Janet Yellen, uh, Yellen who, the uh, Treasury Secretary, said that the U.S. economy is on a path towards taming inflation without a deep economic slowdown, that we're going to have a soft landing. And if you go back six or seven months, again, the papers were saying, oh, we're going to have 
uh, we could have a recession. We can, you know, it could be a hard landing. Uh, but that doesn't look like it's it's going to happen. It, Americans don't expect inflation to persist, and the cost declines on gasoline. I don't know what I mean. I I fill up my car, but I can't remember what the gas is now. But I remember when it was very high. And and but gasoline and long lasting goods in November mostly those in, those uh, decreases offset the price increases for auto insurance and some other. So I you know I think it's good news, but I really think everyone should be involved, and everyone should express to whoever their local officials are what they feel. Um, what they feel, because how would they know? And sometimes people get too far away from the actual people. Now, real estate, which really affects everything in the economy, um, had a ripple effect because when the interest rates went up to eight, uh, it, you know, it, it, it stopped people. A lot of people said, well, let me just wait. I'll be on the sidelines. And so, that affected, you know, people that sell furniture and hardware because when you buy a new house, you usually, or you buy a new apartment, you get something, then you usually spend money on that. So um, furniture had layoffs, uh, you know, home improvement stores and things of that nature because we didn't have tremendous price drops, but we didn't have as, when I say we didn't have as many buyers, and this is nationally, it's pretty much across the board other than those cities that I said. Uh, so I think, we're, I mean, I don't know your opinion, Stephen, but I, I kind of think that we probably will see maybe towards the end of 24 uh, a little bit lower interest rates. But our New Year's show, we're going to give you the best predictions that of 23, what we got right, what we got wrong, and we're going to give you the best predictions that we can see at this point in time in 24. But again, remember, predictions are just predictions. Absolutely, got to be careful when you're in the prediction business. Um, but, you know, I also like to say, you know, you're making certain assumptions, and we'll see what comes through. I mean, number one, regardless of who you support, 2024 is an election year, Dottie. We're not too many weeks away from the Iowa primaries, and then the season really begins um, right. for the political junkies. You know, pop the popcorn and watch the show um, <laughs> that you're going to see over there. So, you know, what I generally find is this, regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, um, everyone likes to get reelected. So I think you're, you're going to see a push to have lower interest rates and to have a strong year, uh, you know, in the stock market, which, is, which will be very helpful, I think, for the real estate industry. Um, I, I think the biggest concerns that I see are the things that are not real estate directly, but could affect real estate. Uh, and, and from the from a cost point of view, one, you hit the nail on the head. Homeowners insurance, um, it's gone up a, a bit now. Depending upon where in the country you are, it's gone up a lot more. So places like Florida, which has you know lower property taxes than New York generally, the cost of insurance has really shot up. So I always tell clients you got to really look closely at insurance before you buy, just even from the point of view because you're not surprised. Because, Dottie, what I found was insurance was relatively stable, and then it's gone up. And insurance was probably underpriced by companies for a while, right? I mean, you think about how much coverage. Sometimes people are getting millions of dollars worth of coverage for a few thousand dollars a year. 
And if there are claims, it could really, you know, the insurance companies really got to get their numbers right, um, and they could be underfunded. So, you know, that's something. want to make sure that that sort of stabilizes. And then the other one, depending upon the jurisdiction, the cost of electricity and mandated uh, green improvements in buildings, right? That's another cost that's that's coming uh, down. And so it's already started in New York. Other areas are doing it. And so it's just something to be mindful of. So, Dottie, when I look at financials for a building, uh, when I have a client looking to buy, I look at what their plans are. I look at their environmental energy rating, and uh, I take a look and say, wait a minute, are they going to have an assessment to make certain upgrades or not? And you, you sort of try to predict and give your clients a warning just so that they know. And I think you know, it's so just- important, Stephen, and I can't stress, and this is not a commercial. I mean, we don't, we, we're not being paid to do this. That's why I said I can't thank Stephen enough. I know how busy he is, and... Um, that's why you really need to, you know, everyone makes it like it's so easy to just buy something. or, You know, you need to read a contract, and you need to have an attorney that does real estate, knows real estate. Uh, but it's like going to a surgeon, uh, going to a brain surgeon when you need heart surgery. Okay, they're all doctors, and I'm sure they're all good doctors, but someone who specializes in it. Because especially in New York City, it's really hard to navigate. And as far as predictions, people predict based on what their, you know, what past trends were and things of that nature. So when we talk about 24, uh, we think it will be a better year. I don't think it's going to be a major change. I think it's going to take slow. But at least the good news is we're not going into no one that I have read thinks we'll be in any recession. Uh, And the job market is still good. And, uh, you know, and I'm in the city every day, and all I can tell you is, you know, up until maybe even Thanksgiving, I didn't see as many tourists back. I started to see the tourists really come. come. I guess everybody got sick of uh, staying in so much because I see a lot of tourists um, in the city, you know, and people speaking different languages. So I think that that's starting to come back, and that was a big part of New York, tourism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what was your, if someone was asking you your best bet advice, Stephen, like, you know, you know and again, uh, we can't cookie cutter this and give you one specific advice because, as Stephen said, it depends on your financial position. It depends on how old you are. It depends on whether you're planning the family or not. But what would you give them about buying buying and selling now and, 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 and your best shot of what you think the next year is going to be? I think next year will be busier than 2023. I think I think the people are going to feel more comfortable financially. I think people are going to feel more comfortable on interest rates and also and and don't make the mistake of rates coming down perfectly um before you buy because when that happens the prices are going to go up. So when you see things going in the right direction, go ahead and do that. And this is something to consider. There are some banks that are providing some very interesting financial products, and and lenders are not the same. And this is where looking closely, getting to know lenders, you know, can make the difference. You know, Dottie, there are some lenders that I'm seeing doing a program 
Now, it's based on the assumption that rates will become better down the road, where they you can actually, for a, a smaller fee, have a lower rate for the first two years, and then it would go up with the idea of being probably by then rates will drop and people will refinance those loans. So there's getting into the property and then owning it over time. But I think you're going to see is things open up more. And I think you're also going to realize people who've been waiting will start saying, you know what, I've waited for a bit. Now it's time to test the market again. So I think we're going to see more activity. I think also the underreported story of the year is the pickup in actually retail leasing activity, uh, particularly in certain cities. I'm not saying every city. You know, I think certain cities have their challenges, like San Francisco as an example. But what you're seeing is certain cities, including in New York City, an increase in the amount of retail leasing activity. And I think what you're going to see, and this is where it's different, you're going to see more smaller businesses opening than corporate businesses in the leasing. Um, And I think there's a variety of reasons for that. Um, but look, well, there's some happens. surprise. I'm a, such a believer in, in small businesses. You know, and, and I, I if think... I remember growing up and going into New York, there were all those little boutiques and stores that you couldn't find anywhere else. And then New York started becoming like all of the big cities, whether it's Dubai or you know, any place where you'd see the same stores because those are the only people that could afford the rent. So they were like national chain stores. And if you go back when I was a kid, and there was all these little boutiques and little stores that you just didn't find anywhere, and it was very charming. So I do hope that does come back. Uh, I, think that's, but, I think that's actually critical for retail. I, you hit the nail on the head, Dottie. If you go on Main Street in the town in a shopping center or, you know, Fifth Avenue, and if you see the same store every single time, it's really boring. Like right. it used to be that they were regional department stores, they're regional brands, even in fast food, right? It was sort of a treat to go to a different city and be like, oh, you know, I really like, I really want to try, if I'm in California, I'm going to try an In-N-Out burger, right? Versus what we'd have locally in New York, right? And that was part of the trip of your associating food, your association brands, your associating clothes, with an area, and it had its own sort of vibe and image. And now, when you sort of homogenize it all together, it's like, great, it's all the same thing. Yeah, so well, if you look at all the malls, the same. If you look at the malls across America, basically they're all the same stores. I was when I was in Abu Dhabi, or no, I was in Dubai. Not well, not not in the last three years, but before the pandemic, I went to their mall. In um, Dubai, they had skiing, okay? Now, this is a desert, so they had, like, a floor that you go skiing, and you they make the temperatures cold. And they have a food court, just like you'd see in any mall in the U.S., and then they have basically the same stores you would see in the malls here. And that those are the only stores that can afford those kind of rents. So I think there's something charming to small towns and small stores, and... Um, also helping little businesses stay afloat. So I always say help your little businesses, okay, support them, because that's so important. And that's what I think makes a city charming. 
Absolutely. You want to have it as, you know, character. You don't want everything to be rinse and repeat and be the same thing again and again. Absolutely. Okay. And look, so New York has that. What I don't know. So are you, are you going away? Are you going to the city? What are you planning for the holidays? Your kids are off? Well, the kids are off. The plan sort of changed. We were going to go up to New Hampshire but to do some outdoor stuff, but really doesn't look like the weather is going to accommodate that. Not much snow and uh, the temperature is in rain. So we shifted gears, and I think we're going to do a bunch of uh, day trips and stuff like that, part of it in the city and part of it uh, outside the city. Um, take advantage of that. You know, as I, as I said to the kids, I go, look, you have millions of people a year that come into our city to visit. We, we need to we need to be a tourist sometimes too. Um, but I will say this, Daddy, I will not be one of those people that walks slowly, looks up, and block traffic on the sidewalk. That won't Oh, be. no, please. Let's, I warned let's. the kids. said, you can't do that. <laughs> no. I took my granddaughter, Liz, and she's ready to kill me. Because I said, oh, you have to go to Rockville Center. We have to see the ice skaters. And, of course, it was beautiful. But I thought I was going to get trampled. I mean, there was so many people, okay, uh, that weren't really paying attention to anything. So it's wonderful. Okay, but listen, I want to wish everyone a happy holiday, and don't miss our New Year's show, where we'll give you our predictions for 24, and we're going to be back, Lois White, White, who is uh, an expert, been on the show a million times. Stephen, happy holidays to you and your family. We'll be back right after Same to you, Dottie, and to all of our listeners. Take care. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.